Hey everybody, it's Adam Shartoff. I just want to give a quick message before we start the show. Filmwax Radio just launched a Patreon account. You can find it by going to patreon.com slash filmwaxradio or just go to Patreon and search Filmwax. It'll come right up. Rewards start at $3 a month. You know, it's taken uh, 10 years for me to get this together. And I'm finally, if you're a regular listener of this show or you love to support independent film and shows like mine, which are an extension of that, please consider contributing. The amount of time and resources required to do a show like this, plus the YouTube show, is extensive, far more than you might might think. And so, like a lot of other people, I'm just sort of saying, if you want to show your love for the show, I would appreciate it. And there's all sorts of wonderful, wonderful rewards. Of course, additional content that nobody else is going to see or hear, and much, much more. If you just, again, visit patreon.com slash filmwaxradio and consider it. That's all I'm asking. Thank you very much. And now, on to the show. It's Adam Sharkoff, your host of Filmwax Radio. It is Friday, June 11th, 2021. And this is episode number 672 of the show. Two segments today, not unusual. We're going to get to the second one in a little bit. That's The Carnivores with director Caleb Johnson, first time on the show. And the two leading actors of The Carnivores, Tally Medell making her first appearance on the show, and Lindsay Burge returning after many years' absence. Tisk tisk. I'm very excited. We had a great time. And that's a dramatic film. But first up here is going to be a first-time feature documentary filmmaker, Bo McGuire, with his big Tribeca hit. It's going to be at Tribeca again. Those circumstances are unusual. It was there last year. It's going to be sort of, right? And it's going to be there again this year. So we're going to talk to these two. This is Bo's first time on the show as well. So first up here, Bo McGuire, Hails from Alabama, Socks on Fire is the name of the documentary. It's a personal story about his family. He, he includes reenactments. I'm going to give you a description of the film in a second. But it was at, supposed to be a Tribeca Film Festival last year, but there was a pandemic. I don't know if you heard. But since they already had a jury selected and the jury had watched the films, they selected Socks on Fire, or at least the documentary jury, selected Socks on Fire as the Grand Jury Award. So it, it, it goes into this, this season... Uh, being the closing night film, and uh, I believe it's sold out, but it will be at the Hudson Yards in an outdoor screening on Sunday, June 20th at 8 o'clock. They have to wait till it gets dark out. So, and there's supposed to be a big hoopla. They're going to have a big show and with drag a drag show, I think, and it's going to be really great. So first here, we're going to talk to Bo McGuire, who uh, went to NYU, so he's uh, coming back to New York for this. I talked to him. He was home when we in Alabama, where he was raised. I'm going to give you a brief description of Socks on Fire here. When the matriarch of a large Southern family passed without a written will, her children became embroiled in a bitter fight over their mother's estate. 
the fracas prompted director Bo to return home to Hoax Bluff, Alabama, to document the mounting standoff between his two childhood idols, his now homophobic aunt Sharon and his out and proud gay uncle John, in a battle that threatens to tear apart multiple generations of a formerly tight-knit tribe. In the process of investigating this epic family feud, McGuire also reflects on his own coming of age as a queer youth in the rural South. Blending home videos and intimate interviews with masterful reenactments, including the ingenious casting of local drag queens, McGuire paints a riveting picture of a household divided. You can go to TribecaFilm.com, search Socks on Fire. There is a virtual screening on Monday, June 21st at 6 o'clock p.m. Tickets are available uh, right now uh, for this outstanding documentary. Here now on Film Wax Radio for the first time, hopefully of many visits, filmmaker Bo McGuire. There's nothing left to tie us to each other anymore. The love we knew is gone and that's a fact we can't ignore. There's nothing left for loose sins on all the ties that bind. Wasting your time and you're wasting mine There's no use in wasting the good years that we have left When we might find happiness yeah. with somebody hey. How y'all doing? <laughs> doing all right, how y'all doing? All right, not too bad, thank you Right on time, no, no less I try to be You're good, I, thank you I, um, I try to describe that Dolly Parton wisdom of uh, not wasting people's time as much as I can, but I do run slow, so it always um, is a battle. <laughs> Seconds into the, the show, we've already got a Dolly Parton reference. Yeah, welcome to this conversation. There you go. <laughs> it's funny because not long before I saw Socks on Fire, I started to listen to her earliest albums because... I just got all like interested in that era of country, you know, well, I've been off and on, but for sure. Like I just did not know her earliest stuff. Right. You know? Yeah. It's fun. It's fun to listen to. Yeah, it is. And it's just like, um, it's fun to go back to the earliest parts of a person's creative career and see like how they were making it work. Cause when they really probably didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> well, your first feature anyway, documentary, and one could argue it appears you do. You won the grand jury prize at Tribeca Film Festival. Not small beans. Yeah, that's what they tell me, and they haven't taken it back yet. So, um, yeah, it, congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And and also, I mean, I know the extenuating circumstances, Bo, for the Tribeca Film Festival were that it got the rug pulled out from under. Yeah, the rug that was under got pulled out. <laughs> so they're actually going to open this spring's festival yeah we're actually going to be showing your film it's like giving you the opportunity probably that was probably effed up last year yeah no not probably definitely was i mean you know what happened uh, yeah um and uh but yeah they we are going to be fully resurrected as last year's winners at this year you know we uh at this year's Tribeca Festival, we always say we are um, last year's winners, but nobody's old business. So um, nobody's old news. Either. Right. <clears throat> so so what, what we're saying, I guess, is that the best that 
that could be done under those very extreme circumstances last year was they still, the jury who had already been lined up way ahead and brought on, were still voted uh, and handed out awards. But unfortunately, nobody got to see, really got to see the film, correct? Yeah. Nobody was ready yet to do a virtual festival yet, really. Yeah, not in this family anyway. We had always, you know, envisioned, I mean, Socks on Fire is quite a feast for the eyes. I mean, you know, you could argue that every film, every film needs to be on the big screen, but Socks on Fire was particularly dreamed for the big screen and to bring communities together, you know? So it was hard to see how that could happen in a virtual space for us. So we really sort of dug our heels in and made a commitment to waiting to a point when things looked a little brighter in the world. Well, good. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. It, yeah, right. Because it's it, it totally is a visual feast, among other things. And we'll talk about the emotional storyline, which is, you know, the core of it. But, you know, it, it's also very much meant to be various visual aspects to it which i don't think you have any animation but you have just about everything else yeah we we like to paint with every every color available in the documentary crayon box and then still some from you know the quote-unquote narrative space as well yeah my only regret was that there was no there's no there was no available trailer yet but i have a feeling that's probably a, a good sign that there's nothing available quite yet maybe something will be available soon in other words I'm, I'm just going to guess, but I don't know. You know, so, uh, your guess is as good as mine, okay. as, as mine at this point. Uh, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we are, we've been, we've delayed, you know, and, and tried to play coy and try to, try to uh, keep the freshness as it were um, to, to our, to our sparkle, to our rhinestones. Um, right. You know, and like part of that is coming back to Tribeca and like we've launched this whole sort of tour called uncle john's traveling salvation show where we're doing drag shows and screenings of the tour so um it's really sort of you know even though last year did suck and the opportunity uh, disappeared in front of our eyes i will say a new sort of thing has happened because of the last year that i think is more beautiful and actually more in line with the film um, which is celebration and joy and dancing and damn drag queens (laughs) right so you're well, we should set up the film a little bit because there is no yeah. trailer to show quite yet. So, and that is that you were raised in, it's the Hoax Bluff. Is that the name of the town in Alabama? It's Hoax Bluff. Yes. The, 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 the sort of the uh, megalopolis that you were raised in. And I kid you because it's, it's a small town, small spot. And you were raised by a bunch of women. A, a, a lot of feminine energy uh, let's say that because your uncle yes. john had some feminine energy of his own you alluded already to the fact that he's a drag queen right yeah and i mean like you know i was sort of raised in a family a really small town hoax bluff i don't think is over Ugh, shit, I, i'm bad with numbers i really can't tell you but it's a small town everybody knows yeah. each other and there are you know still uh remnants of the quote-unquote founding um families that still those ghosts still roam those hollers um so but I was sort of uh I was raised you know by a really strong-willed mother a very uh, dynamic personality some might say a, a hospitality queen and also you know her mother my nanny who the, the film is really a record of her legacy for me um uh, was a constant and a very close figure in my life. And we just aligned. I feel like, you know, I say this in the movie, but I feel like we know each other somewhere in some other lives, some other places, whatever. We just, we connected in that way. And then, you know, even, 
my aunt Sharon, who becomes, you know, the villain and also the hero of the film. And if, depending on how you look at it, I think, uh, you know, part of like the hero's journey of the movie. What it, now we're into like narrative and I didn't well, want to get she, there, but, <laughs> but don't wanna... uh, Ed Sharon and like also Uncle John, but also right. the men I was surrounded by were feminine. Your dad well. comes off really like a really just ter- terrific human being, I have to say. I just also want to say your, your n- nanny, who's your grandma, she, she, of course, dies of old age. You have wonderful home movies and photos to share in the film, which is terrific. So you feel she's very much um in the cast you know mm-hmm. uh but you also mentioned aunt sharon who you paint kind of both as as a hero and a villain in the film because as you were being raised she had an enormously positive influence on you but she through a difficult marriage perhaps other reasons that so many yeah. people have gone through yeah you know life, life is a thing we are human beings living it yeah so you know she changed and maybe yeah, I understand. Once somebody kind of gets pissed off at their life, you know, anything can kind of it can kind of process or emerge in, in any way. You don't know, right? It could be turned inward, and it with and and you know, addiction, self abuse of sorts, right? In her way, she just sort of seemed to really be resentful and upset. And I know that when your grandma died. She, the family thought that John, your uncle John would get the, right. ha- the house, right? right? I don't know how much, I, sh- I don't want to give it all away, but this becomes the point of contention right. that the film kind of, but I don't want to make too much of it either because it's really about these, these, these complex, unique people in your family and the relationships and the love and, um, you know, and, and it's also a memory piece. It's an emotional story you know yes it is i think of it as a documentary of my queer southern imagination and like how all these people populate that space god love them um yeah but just just to say um yeah i don't really know where where we were going down that track sorry Um, (laughs) i just i was rambling there but i wanted to give the anybody watching or listening to you know like a point of context rather still well and what it really made me what you were when you when you were talking just now what it made me think of is like i really think that like um you know a a monumental figure in a family dying the matriarch the patriarch whatever the head of the family Mm -hmm. it's sort of it can open you up and it can reveal really beautiful graceful generous um loving things about you or if you're not prepared to accept the reality of what that is it can also turn you into a really sort of um you know uh, not a nice person and willing to do not nice things yeah right and sharon you know she was in a what looked like a difficult marriage and you know so nobody comes off one-dimensional right well that was that was a big struggle in the film and the in the edit was like figuring out how i didn't want to become and sharon's bully I wanted to like to enlighten, to lighten, to fill in where I, how I see her functioning in my life and her experiences, you know, how her experience affects and my experience of her and with her affects who I am today and how I, and when I say, you know, she's both a villain and, and the hero, it's like part of the success for me as a, as a personal story is like locating a sort of balance and accepting that she could be both 
you know, the destructor of the family, but also she, I didn't have to sacrifice what she had given me growing up, which was this sort of embodiment of um, a different kind of Southern woman, which is like full of rebellious energy and uh, unparalleled magnetism. <laughs> you know, as you talk about it, and of course you see it because, you know, through your voiceover and the footage we have of, of Aunt Sharon as a young person, uh, you know, maybe the fall is even feels steeper or the disappointment yeah. and the crushing, you know what I mean? Like, and somebody's yeah, kind and, of always lived right in the margins, you know? Right. And like, I, I, I think that like, I wanted to be um, generous with how I was seeing her and the way I felt like she hadn't been generous to my mother and my uncle John. And I really, you know, I mean, I'm very careful about saying that these are, uh, these these are not the, the these are not the um, duplicates of these people in real life. They really are, and I do this narratively in reenactments. They are the way that I see them and the way that I see their stories. So, yeah. Well, I want to ask you about your family's response, but in a bit. Yeah. I, I, more. I mean, I'm real interested because you have um, a number of the fam your surviving family members which are more, most of them it seems uh, uh uh are participated in the in the, in there and reflect in real time or participate in other ways in the film and then you've also cast actors to reenact you know like these moments in your life and then you you participate in some of those reenactments yourself and um and uh and I was wondering how you arrived like what kind of process did you go through prior to production pre-production and uh like how did you arrive at this was the kind of palette you wanted um the way you you wanted to tell the story in this particular way yeah uh feeling our way through it you know i mean like we started socks on fire with not much of a plan i just knew really yeah i mean the 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 occasion of my family falling apart the house of it all the probate court drama of it all I knew was like the occasion that we could capture. But also I was thinking like, I want this to be bigger. I wanted to say something about where I come from and how I see where I come from and the people that I come from. Um, So, you know, we like didn't know exactly what we were doing on the first shoot. We were just, I was really, my goal was to get as many people and places on camera that I was scared of losing through Mm. death or, or destruction. um as as time wages on um rages and wages um <laughs> and so like there wasn't much of a plan outside of that i think i had 10 sort of like vignettes i wanted to get okay but it, we made it up as we went along and we failed okay. badly and then we we like got into the story i mean we walked our way we lost ourselves into the story um and somehow found our way out <laughs> A lot of Virginia Slims were smoked, and it was there. Or is that what they are? Or was it? Yeah, yeah, they're definitely Virginia Slims. Oh, they are. Okay. Yeah, I was hoping you'd be you'd have one today, but um. uh, and how we are? <laughs> yeah, well, I could actually. They're not far I'm sure away. Uh, I'm not really a smoker of nicotine myself or tobacco, I should say. Uh, but Understood. I did it for the movie. Yeah, it's an affectation <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and it works really well, um, mm-hmm. as your sunglasses did. Yeah, well, but when you asked the question about how we arrived at that was a yeah. lot of experimentation and following the emotional journey for an audience through the film. We mm-hmm. always wanted to be like, even if people don't know exactly what's going on in this moment, we want them, we want them to be so engaged that they, they're willing to sit with it to tell, 
to feel to feel the movie, to feel the emotion of it is really what we were going after. We sort of kept that as our North Star. Did you ever feel like you wanted to, was there an agenda there too, like to try to fix anything in the family or to, I don't know, reach Sharon or I don't know. No, not for me. I mean, it was more, I mean, this is like, you know, I mean, this is the other side of this coin, this navel gazing coin. I was in it for me. Like I was wondering like what I could do with the way I felt about what Mm -hmm. was going on in a way that like, you know, it's really mom and uncle John's fight there like I have no no skin in the game so to speak but I still felt very attached to Nanny's legacy and very much a part of it and um, a way for it to carry on so I I needed to do it for me and so I sort of um, went full hog with that sort of mentality Um, but along the way I became to realize how it was so universal this theme of like a matriarch going disappearing and then families fighting over 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 land over houses etc have you heard i don't know again i'm kind of like wondering i I guess yeah no um i don't know if are we asking the aunt sharon question right now Uh, (laughs) wait a minute somebody else has asked you if aunt sharon has seen the film or yeah i didn't even know if you were in touch at all like you know i don't know what the relationship is she is not present in the real in the present time of the making of the film yeah and she doesn't i mean i don't know if she's watched the movie okay i have um i i don't know i know that she would never be a part of the movie like there was a sort of conversation about should we ask should we not ask and i I just knew i know what the answer is the answer is no plus the film would never live i see um and i i needed to do this so i i found my way around that and i I cast different versions of her and, you know, but they're not her. They are my depictions of her. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the answer to that is I don't know. Right. But your folks and uncle John and other aunts that supported yeah, are, you. Yeah. Um, what are they, well, are they must be very proud. You know, uh, they are. I mean, okay. they 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 are proud, but also mother comes with this mentality of I don't know who would want to watch this movie. This is just our family. Um, and, you know, she's sort of yeah, that's sort yeah. of her take on it. Right. No, no. But, you know, she's yeah, because she doesn't live in the independent film world where the personal documentary makes it to the multiplex or to maybe the same, you know, TV uh, network she's privy to right but there there is this is you know there are films much there are lots of people telling stories that are personal and complicated like like socks on fire yeah you did yours pretty well that's that's the (laughs) but she does understand that she you wanted a a very big you know american film festival right yeah Yeah. she understands that she and she is proud but that is sort of her like As 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 far as like this movie making that kind of a wave, like it's never like she still like doesn't right. She doesn't get that. Uncle John, however, There's has time. always been he's always been waiting for this moment. This is <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and you're gonna have a. It sounds like you're gonna have an. Uh, oh, okay. Speaking of proud, uh, pr- yes. pr- proud and pride. See, uh, see, see what I'm doing. I do uh, in June, <laughs> which is Pride Month. Yes, in parts of the country, anyway. In most of the country here, I hear the sort of the conjunction here is that's the right way of saying it. The the, the cross section here of uh, of Tribeca Film Festival happening in June 
and it's Pride Month, so it's a perfect opening night to show Socks on Fire. I haven't really dwelled on the 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 LGBTQ aspect of the film because I kind of almost feel, even though it was a big deal for your aunt, I don't think that's really what she was upset about. I mean, you know, right, I, or right. I'm, you know, for my little that I have exposure to her, but that I think she has other issues and this was just what set her off. But it is a thing in the film. You're out, your uncle is out, right? And um, yes. and they're going to show, Tribeca is going to show it, uh, as we said, opening night, which is Sunday, June well, 20th. Yeah, that's actually closing night, but we can call oh. it opening. Closing is just another kind of opening, you know what I mean? I'm sorry, closing <laughs> night. That's good too. Yeah, it, hey, that's even a bigger deal. That's going to be a bigger deal because people are going to be ready to party. Yes. Let loose a little bit because it's a closing night. And if it's going to be, is it an, I assume it's an outdoor screening because it's an outdoor Hudson. screening in very fancy Hudson Yards. We will be giving the Uncle John's Traveling Salvation show. Uh, we'll be doing the whole thing there. So it comes with a pre drag show performance. Our headliner is Rockham Stakra of RuPaul's Drag Race fame. And uh, there'll be another. I got to, yeah, I got to do some homework because I've heard nothing but amazing things about some of those guys that are. Uh... They're they're yeah. amazingly talented. Great. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, Rockham definitely puts Rock definitely puts on a show. There are there are you know uh, jump splits involved, <laughs> okay. and uh, just uh, you know, Rock has a very big look, which is what I was going for when I was thinking about outdoor slash drive in screenings. Um, and then if people stick around for the credits, there mm-hmm. might be a surprise appearance in another resurrection that happens at the end of the film. Oh my goodness! And I will I, say. I might- Go ahead. Oh, no, I'm just saying I may have to come down. And... Yeah, and there will be there will be um, some other not to be released yet um, stops uh, along this Tribeca New York train while we're there. So um, stay tuned for that. Well, um, you yeah. that that was very good promoting on your part. I have to say, you know, I'm trying. I, films... I, I wear many hats. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen too many of them yet, but <laughs> the film is called Socks on Fire. And it's directed by Bo McGuire, McGuire. and um, it's phenomenal. It's wonderful. It's I watched it, and I was uh, I rewatched it. Really? Well, I wanted to make sure I got you know like got all the made sure I knew who everybody was because there's the actors, and, and I I yeah. just wanted to yeah. You it know, is, it definitely invites a rewatch because you know it's like yeah. we weren't after typical sense here. I always say it's like it's like listening to Nanny tell a story. It goes in a million directions all at once. Yeah. Right. But you're so engaged with the voice and with the movement of what is happening in the story. Like you, hopefully you sit there and you just uh, feel it is what I hope. Yeah. I think it's going to be a great thing to see it in outside. People are going to be so excited to be watching a movie together in New York. You're going to have a great time in New York city. You've been there, right? You've been there a bunch yeah, of times. I went to sure. film school in New York for better. Oh, or very good. Worse. Yeah. So where'd I, you go? NYU. I haven't heard of it, but it sounds like it could be. Yeah, a good I don't know her either. <laughs> Her either. <laughs> I'm so glad to have met you. Yeah, uh, the same. And I should tell people now to go follow Socks on Fire Film and all their yep. social media places so they catch up with us on the Uncle John's Traveling Salvation Show. So what? Uh, tell me what the... Do you have a hashtag? I don't have a hashtag, but all the accounts are Socks on Fire Film. Well, there's your hashtag. Yeah, I guess that is the hashtag too. I don't know. Like I said, I wear many hats. We're trying to Socks on Fire film. We'll put it on a title card at the end of this video too. And then, you know, we'll make sure people know how to find the film. So when it comes out, 
you know, if you don't live in New York City or, well, actually, I, I, I'm assuming it's also going to be getting available virtually again, too, because I'm attending Tribeca technically, even though I've always gone in person, but now I'm living a little bit further away in the uh-huh. hoax bluff of upstate New York. Uh, and, I know that lie. Yeah. And um, uh, there's an emu that lives right around the corner. Right. That's not, Does you know, the emu a, have a name? I named her. Yeah, Rhoda. It's a great name. Thank you. And you know, I brought her some seeds, and I, 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 the, for the, I visit her many times because I, you know, I just think she's incredible. And uh, I, I went over there with some seeds because I found out they can eat seeds. I didn't know. I wanted to give her something, and um, I, squ- I decided I squat down on my, you know, like I knelt down. She oh. did the same thing. She got down on, on her, I don't know her, le- her legs. I guess that's what they're called. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, she she squatted down too. It was the most bizarre thing. Huh. I couldn't believe just, it. She was communicating with you. Sounds like I a think spirit so. guide in Rhoda. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I look forward to doing this again or meeting sometime in the future. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. And you can do try back at home, but also look for right. us on the road. Thank you for yeah, remembering yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So you'll be able to see it virtually if you're not in New York City, but you know come to get if you can come all the way from alabama is that where you are now by the way or are you, yeah. are you living somewhere okay so if you if you if you're living too far you can see it virtually so we'll yeah. re- encourage people to do that um yeah. great meeting you it was great to meet you too and i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day like you've done before and wrap my heart round your little Carnivores also, by the way, falls within the LGBTQ category, I would say, here during Pride Month, because it's about a couple in the midst of a relationship crisis. Alice, played by Tally Medell, begins to resent her partner's attention. And uh, Lindsay Burge plays Brett, her partner, to her very ill dog. Now, it's directed by Caleb. So I met Caleb Johnson or Caleb Michael Johnson years ago with his, when he had a short called Root, which if you can find, please do, because it's, it's amazing. So I've known him for many years, and I'm finally glad to get uh, Caleb on the show uh, with this his feature, The Carnivores. It's a dark film. It's, it certainly has moments of comedy, I guess you could say, or lighter moments, but it's otherwise kind of a psychological horror film. And uh, we also bring out for the first time Tally, who I've been coveting for to bring on the show for years. And, and Lindsay is returning since she did the movie A Teacher back in the day. And not joining us, who has a small role in this film, is Frank Mosley. But thank you, Frank, for helping kind of put this in my mind, the seed of this, and I'm so glad. Both, by the way, this segment, which you 
as well as the one with Bo, are available on the FilmWax Radio YouTube channel. I mention this because there's four of us in this audio podcast segment you're about to hear, and it might be more enjoyable to watch it on your computer. I don't know, your smart TV, your phone, I, I don't know. But anyway, without any further hesitation, here is The Carnivores, filmmaker Caleb Johnson and actors Tally Medell and Lindsay Burge, here only on Film Wax Radio. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Um, 4 p.m. at the vet? Yes. Harvey's treatment is working. Does that mean we can stop with the treatments? Actually, we should consider a more aggressive pace. So there's like a bulk discount for those? No. No. You're still my baby. Sorry if I'm letting you down. What's she always talking to you about? First you're sick and then you're not sick. And you're dying. Now you're getting better. I've been sleepwalking. How you doing, Caleb? I'm great. What, where are you, by the way? I'm in my driveway in Austin, Texas. Oh, you're in Austin. All yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's good. Yeah. It's uh, it's been great actually, and uh, yeah, I think actually. actually I think we bumped into each other, man, it was probably 2013, last time I saw you in Austin. Oh, no, really? I think no. so. Maybe 15 yeah. or 16, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> but where are, you, where are you? I see, I see like it, there's a very residential feel coming through the window. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm in, in the Hudson Valley. Oh, I'm, really? Okay. Yeah, so I'm like about 100 miles north of NYC. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, it's really that sounds kind of ideal, actually. It's really beautiful. I, I just, I really needed psychologically and I just needed to look at mountains and, and trees and, you know, and there's Tally. Hey, Tally. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Good. Hi. How are you, Tally? I'm doing great. I, uh, I'm happy to, to see familiar faces. Yeah, tell me about what's the what's the print the kind of like sunsetty print in the background. This is by my friend who's a photographer who I grew up with in Alaska. Um, okay, and this is also by him. They're both of Ketchikan, the place are, where I grew up. And are they photos though? Yeah, they are. Okay, from here they look like watercolors. It's amazing. Yeah, he's a great photographer. Last cow is his name on Society Six. Oh, cool! That's Hi, really great. Man. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Allie. Hi. This is so Wait. funny. I know. <laughs> Hello, Adam. Hi, you Lindsay. So how are you? Yeah, you look so nice. Everybody does. Thanks. How do we, how sh- how's the best way to do this? Do you make it like gallery view? Yeah, I, that's what I, I it's re- recorded in gallery view. So it, it looks, it'll look nice. And who can resist these, these faces? And, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> So you can resist okay. the urge to zoom. are you in Brooklyn? I live in Queens. You're in Queens. Thank mm-hmm. you. Oh, yeah. Which is where, of course, I'm from. From? Well, I was born and raised in Queens. What part of Queens? 
on the mean streets of Forest Hills. I live in Ridgewood. Right. Okay. Which is, I know, just over the border from. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very. And Liz, where are you? Um, where am I? I'm presently in California, <laughs> but I live in. Well, I live. Is that in a state either. of mind, or is Did that you where? You're, are you physically there, or is that a, just a state of mind? Uh, yes, both. But I, I, I am physically in California at the moment. Yes. And, but I did move back to New York. So I live in New York now. Oh, very good. Were you <laughs> in Los Angeles, are you saying, living there for a while? I was, you- I was. Yeah, okay. I was living, I was living in LA for like six years about. Oh, okay. Probably why I didn't run into you nearly often enough. Are you in LA? No, I, I mean, when you were, I, well, I didn't run into you in New York for a long time, probably because you were oh, living yeah. in Los Angeles. I was just in Los Angeles for a week, but I, I barely left like the block because my son has been there and oh. that is why I was visiting. I oh, see. Nice. Yeah. But it's so nice to have everybody on here. And if a psychological horror film is the motivating reason for it, so be it. <laughs> uh, if, the, if the intention of eating raw meat is why we're here, then, then I, I'm glad for it. If I, if <laughs> By the way, so the name of the movie is The Carnivores, stars Callie Medell and Lindsay Burge. And, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know where you're, where t- right here, this is where I'm looking at Tally here. It's and it's like this. <laughs> oh, this will be fun. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and it's directed by Caleb Johnson. Let's get out of the way here first. Is how people can see it because I, I'm at a slight disadvantage. I didn't have the press notes, which is my fault. Yes, uh, and and really, what he means is that's it's my fault because that's true. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> so yeah, it's coming out on Friday on the usual sus- suspects: Apple, Amazon, all the s- usual streaming platforms. Friday. Um, this this uh friday yeah on the fourth oh wow i yeah. mean of course i knew that uh <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm in the know oh i i forgot the most important thing everybody i was in los angeles and the one thing i did do was to meet up with the your dog man your man dog oh frank, oh, frank, frank mosley yeah. yeah yeah so i saw him i because he you know, he made this great uh, offer to bring me to this wine bar. That's all it takes. And then I'll figure out how to get there. <laughs> so yeah. his, his, his partner is... Uh, Jocelyn. Jocelyn. Everybody knows Jocelyn. So I went there and, we, and, he, and he said, you really need to get, contact Caleb because this movie's coming out soon. And, uh, but I didn't realize the timing was just so perfect. So I'm glad it all Yeah, happened. Yeah, Frank is connecting all the dots for us because he actually... Um, I had had a meeting with the distribution company dark sky. And then not like a day later, I got this text from Frank being like, Hey, the poster and trailer look awesome. And I didn't even know they were out, <laughs> out yet. Um, but Frank is like, he really is. Yeah. Really. He's <laughs> really <laughs> on the ball. I, I also I want to plug really quick. Jocelyn Jensen and Frank Mosley's company's script eater. Script oh yeah. Yeah. Eaters. Um, they've been like giving people feedback on scripts and they're so good at it. Um, and so I'm just, just throwing that out there. Yeah. <laughs> second Frank Mosley yeah. podcast after all, right. Film, film Frank, <laughs> Frank Wax. What's that? The, the podcast. Yeah. Called Frank Wax. Frank Wax. 
It may as well be called Frank Wax. (laughs) (laughs) He's the connective thread to most of the uh, the segments on here. He's the wax. Yes, for sure. Oh man, where do so? Okay, so uh, well, let's talk. Since we've got two of these uh, outstanding actors here, how did they end up getting? How did you guys end up getting cast in this film? Uh, Like, how did that come about? Because it was so I, I couldn't get beyond the point of seeing these two two women uh, in these roles and uh, I was just like having fun watching the movie even though it was pretty dark yeah it ended up being a very exciting pairing I as soon as I had the idea um, I started conceiving the scenes with Tally in mind before we had even spoken because I knew the, uh, I worked with her on Joy Kevin my previous film and and knew very much what she could do and and uh, it was just a very tangible way to put those pieces together. Yeah. And then we tried all different kinds of things in terms of casting. It actually started out as a male, female role. And I'm so glad that it didn't work out that oh, way. I could yeah. see that. Yeah. Um, and ultimately. That was, that was my main draw. I was like, oh, I was going to be a man. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't even ch- he's so lazy, he didn't even change the name of the character. He's just like. <laughs> <laughs> No, but but like in, in, in truth, though, like like it became so much more interesting when Lindsay came on board because there was, you know, I mean, it didn't take very long. Explain but Explain how that happened. Yeah, explain yeah. how that happened that you just changed your mind. Like, that's great that you could pivot like that. Well, we we just weren't like finding anybody very interesting in, in our original. Like we in like we were all digging around for who was going to be playing Tally's opposite. And we just we're like ultimately like well male female doesn't matter like who's the who are the most talented people we know uh and adam uh minnick who 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 shot the film with me had just worked on a film called after martinez with with Lindsay. nathan so yeah Mm. exactly and so he mentioned Lindsay, and i was like that would be amazing that would be so great and it worked out and uh, I was very relieved when when she was, said she was interested in it and we had them both come to Austin so we could just try what the chemistry was like. And I mean, within minutes of being in the room together, I'm not sure how I'd be interested to see how that felt to Tally and Lindsay. But I mean, certainly Adam and I were just like looking at each other and certainly talking later like like this is it for sure. Oh, that's cool. cool. I didn't even know we were being like secretly spied on in that way (laughs) well I mean I I feel like I feel like I mean part of it was just like would you guys want to do it too you know I mean I I think I think for our I think for our I think for our person person it was just like the excitement level for us at that point just like really went through the roof I just like how I can appreciate how it it doesn't matter that that this is a pair of you know women that are in a it's it's incidental you're absolutely right and i appreciate that it doesn't it's not it's just you know you can take that for granted which is fine right yeah Yeah, it's nice to make a a movie about a a same-sex couple where nobody uh dies (laughs) and nobody's punished for for or or punished or hunted yeah 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 Yeah, i agree with that it's funny that what usually goes on in in like (laughs) i feel like it's still pretty recently right like i mean like if it maybe not like queer cinema made by queer filmmakers but like yeah like oh there's a lesbian kill her ah <laughs> uh, yeah 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 right no lesbian is injured in the well the not, dog <laughs> the dog's not a lesbian harvey's a boy 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and since you brought Harvey up, he's uh, you guys share a dog. Although I guess it was Brett's dog. My dog. It's Brett's dog. I mean, our dog. Yeah. Right. Alice, uh, though, right, is is loves the dog, and but it's just you find it's it. Harvey is 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 not well. Harvey is uh, ailing. And it becomes sort of a uh, an obstacle for for Alice, right? Is that fair to say? Or yeah, and, yeah, right. Which sort of instigates this sort of nightmare scenario, which you know, and then one never knows really what's what's real and what's not real on some level. You know, uh, so yeah. and Caleb, you wrote this story. I, I came up with the idea, and um, then. It, it evolves pretty dramatically, including when, you know, Lindsay and Tally became the final pairing just because their, their chemistry was so distinct that mm-hmm. we, we were not only following that as a different thread, but they were also improvising scenes and we were adapting to that as we went um, in certain cases. So we actually, we shot in two blocks a year apart. Okay. Um, and the first year was basically a an outline of of scenes and everything was improvised and then in the year in between that material was edited and then Jeff Smith and I Jeff who had been very involved the first year too but we had he and I had gone to film school together and he was very integral in in kind of taking the material that we had edited and saying how can we refine the story even further and so we scripted out the rest of it from there but even even the scripted scripted stuff from there it was like I think that was like a starting point for dialogue, which sometimes got used and sometimes didn't. That's how the shape of the story kind of came together over that span of time. But does it does a film like this take a kind of a of a life of its own once you start production? Does it, yes. does it have an organic? Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. In- including, I mean, at every every stage um every turn in the road every what's that Lindsay? yeah every turn in the road at every at every point <laughs> on its own life right right and i think that that the i mean i think i think that was both the advantage and disadvantage of the film in a number of ways in the sense that like i think we were keen to focus on the parts that were working and follow those and kind of lean into that in the moment but i think that's also what made a lot of it very challenging is that it it was hard for everybody to know in any given moment exactly where we where we were and certainly it it was it was additionally hard in in editing just because we had a very different approach the first year versus in the second and i'm curious to know adam like if if you know you were able to sense any of that in the film because my my impression is that it's fairly seamless in terms of um, yeah i I, mean, I didn't notice that i didn't know but i i'm gonna watch it again I, i'll watch it again actually yeah i'd like um, to be interested in, in, in watching it from you get like a like a 2008 <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i mean to be fair like the first what am year I looking for? The, the 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 first yeah. year we were thinking of it more like our our very early conversations i remember tally were like we were going to go more down a, a comedic path. Yeah. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. Well, I, there is that. There, there is that. Uh, they just art. forgot to tell me. They forgot to mention. 
Yeah, you know, Lindsay played Brett very uh, great. <laughs> uh, She's not having a good time, you know. <laughs> She's having a hard time. She is yeah. having a hard time. Yeah. Um, but I wish I'd known because there's some jokes that I have been saving up for. Like... <laughs> hey, there's, there, I feel like we have a sequel maybe in it. And so, yeah, not, no commitment. <laughs> I see. I see hesitation. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, by the way, I wanted to just because it came up before we can plug, we should just do a little shout out for Nathan's Thirst Street, which Lindsay is. Oh, yeah. Pretty amazing uh, performance in that, I have to say. And mm-hmm. Allie, That's nice on certain terms. So you, you, you also have your relationship with the Nathan Silver. Oh yeah, that's all we'll say. And Lindsay. And yeah. Lindsay, have you guys uh, been have you co like co starred? I was saying before. This was the first Our time. Partner. Oh, yeah, so I'm really excited. I was re- I was very excited to work with Tally. That was my real. And okay. I thought that was very cute. <laughs> <laughs> I was also really really excited. I feel like the best thing about like uh-huh. uh, like low budget filmmaking is that you get to work with like all these people that you already love from like, you know, the film festival scenes or just from doing a lot of the same people. So yeah, it was heaven. I love Lindsay. This is the first time that I've seen her and I don't know how long and I'm just like gazing. Yeah. We're just, (laughs) I'm just staring at Lindsay. We, we were gonna, I like texted her the other day and saw that the last time we exchanged a text was like over a year ago. And I said like, you want to go for a walk? And she said, yes. And then I never responded. (laughs) (laughs) It was hard with the, the pandemic. New York is weird. Anyway, yeah. I thought you were going to say, "Oh, I'm outside. I'm right outside now. <laughs> I'm here." <laughs> yeah, that was the first that, time. I'm sorry. I said that was the first time. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we might have seen one another at South by Southwest, but then South by Southwest didn't happen. So yeah, did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I noticed myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, uh, was this? Where, what was the festival story here? Was it disrupted, or did you have to re- kind of kind of just calibrate your expectations or the plan? Where? where <laughs> yeah, I mean, else? yeah, no, I, I think I think very much in the in the same boat with everybody else. Things just kind of evaporated, and mm-hmm. the things that were happening. Certainly early on, it was it was frustrating because there were festivals who, you know, just like continued to insist like, hey, we're going to happen. We're going to happen. We're going to happen. And even at the time, I didn't I didn't believe that. But it was still like mentally draining to be presented with opportunities and have to decide between do I want to pretend like this is going to happen and then and then feel bad later or or to feel bad now by saying, no, this doesn't make sense to even pretend. And that that was most of the year by by the fall um there were several places who i think had enough advance warning ab- about what the pandemic was going to do not to pretend and and to therefore prepare to go online in a in a you know in a thought out sophisticated considerate way and um and so we did outfest we did Frameline San Francisco and, and beyond that, I think, I think early on, it was also clear to me that, that the festivals just weren't going to happen last year. And that if this was going to have an audience, it was going to be through distribution. So that's where we kind of threw our, our focus. But part two, when you said you, there was a year in the middle, but part, the second 
apart was already shot before the pandemic? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, well before. Oh, because mm-hmm. okay. I was going to. So, I mean, I was going to ask you how this you feel in a kind of way. This is like the the the, the film is. Well, I guess it's kind of like a Trump era. <laughs> Sorry to insert that. It word. is a Trump era movie. It is very much so. I mean, the, yeah. The, yeah, it's unnerving and and it's a, there's a lot of anxiety. Yeah. So, how did you guys? Did you did you talk about how how about that? Um, what you were what you what you did and what you were trying to achieve? Did you kind of like trying to actively like play that anxiety, yeah. like bringing it in? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like for me, honestly, well, maybe I could rephrase it and just say, like, what did you guys? How did you guys discuss your what you're trying to achieve together? Well, yeah. for for me, improvised filmmaking is like it's really challenging because you're sort of working outside in, where like you know, if you have a traditional script, then you're able to like break it down, tear it apart, beat by beat, and then like get to where you need to be organically every time ideally but if you're improvising it then like you know maybe you get a great take but then you have to sort of reconfigure it and like Mm. think about how you got there so it's like to me if there's any anxiety coming through in my performance it's probably just because I was worried about trying to remember what I had just done um um, but uh yeah I don't know I mean you know we were in texas but also austin's so liberal so but you know i don't know it was uh and still is a a nightmare did you shoot right there by the way i was gonna ask you you shoot in your yeah where where caleb is we probably shot right there like on that spot yeah (laughs) no for sure that's true you're sitting in the driveway but maybe in the back of the house is where she's yeah digging up the right yeah Yeah. no i think at some point we I am in the driveway. I definitely <laughs> acted in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> I You're so in the driveway. driveway. Yeah, I'm. I'm <laughs> fairly sure we exploited like every square inch of property within. Yeah, it was yeah within a hundred yeah. foot range of my house. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Tally, what I, Tally yeah. and I were actually staying in an Airbnb that was directly next door, so there was a real <laughs> <laughs> proximity <laughs> to action. It's sort of like a pandemic movie because yeah, it was like. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. It's what are the, what a coincidence it could have been i've been noticing a lot of movies that have been coming out like could have been made in a pandemic totally it is interesting yeah 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 well well i get i guess what i was trying to get at in my clumsy way was i was trying to uh, figure out where the connection between the, the audience member in this case me because i i only know what i mean i i watched it alone and i'm the only person that's not in the movie that i know who's seen it <laughs> So far, as of Friday, that painting—I'm <laughs> sure that will change drastically on Friday, especially if people watch this. <laughs> and I'm just wondering, like you know, it's—it's uh, it's always a curious thing, like how do you create such a, a strong mood? That's also I know done in editing and with sound. Caleb's a really great editor. Yeah, like that was something I remembered from Joy Kevin was like the making of Joy Kevin. Did you see that one, Adam? The um, film Joy Kevin? I it's can't really remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're short, right? It's out by, right, Caleb? Yeah, yeah. I think that's where we met. With, I had my first short at South by, but. Um, which, which blew me away, by the way. Still, Joy Kevin's cool. really good. I saw it at Kukaloris. That's when I first was like, ooh, who's that tally character? I got to work ooh. with. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it's, and that was also like an improvised feature. And, um, I was so blown away by what Caleb was able to pull together into the narrative because we were like, you know, sort of finding it as we went along. And so I knew that with the carnivores, there would be, there would be a narrative, but then I was, uh, uh, I'm really impressed with what, with what came together from what we were sort of figuring out on the fly. It looks beautiful. I think it was clear though, the whole time that these characters were going through a tough time, you know? And so I think the anxiety of their situation. Right. uh, Intrinsic. Yeah. was intrinsic and our uncertainty ourselves about (laughs) what, (laughs) what the structure of the movie was going to wind up being led to, you know, lent itself to a, to a high high stakes vibe. I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, there were, I found I opened a bag of uh, flour in our Airbnb, and it was full of weevils. Oh, so that for me that. was my biggest. <laughs> also, Tally and I started watching Twin Peaks while we were mm-hmm. making this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that that's I could see how that is the timing. That is pretty amazing, right, Lynch? Yeah, yeah, because it was right before the new, you know whatever came out and so we wanted to like catch up so we started at the beginning and we just <laughs> every night it was great yeah that probably bled into the movie too and it's only i think so how can it not it's so <laughs> twin peaks is so insidious you know yeah no i think i think and and i don't know whether that was a coincidence or not but i i certainly remember very early on in conversations with adam and i think you guys in terms of like what our style goal was going to be for the film. I had, I had mentioned this hybrid between David Lynch and Fargo and that absolutely evolved very much from there, but that was, that was the starting part point for me. And, and there were, there are tonalities. I think that like as much disruption as there was, there was between the two years and just the various chaos of, of being on set that there were certain tonal threads that were consistent, at least for me all the way through. And, and I think that it was, you know, I'm not sure other people had access to that, but when I, when we were shooting and setting up shots and, and shaping performances, I, that, that part was always kind of like the center for me in terms of coming back to keep us on, like that I knew that those things were going to go together. And when you were mentioned talking to Adam, you meant Minnick, of course. Yes, yeah. I did. Yeah. I've just heard those watching or listening. To speak to your point about the Trump era, though, not that we want to talk endlessly about that, but I do feel like, every movie that's made during that time you know our lot that was our lives so yeah I feel it in all the movies that are you know we're playing young women and you know a relationship with one another in Texas like that's not not part of their reality (laughs) during you know the time range of this movie so I think that is sort of a good observation yeah good point yeah, I, I, I remember very distinctly because I mean, we were literally in the middle of like putting the pieces together and to see whether the, the shoot could happen and the film could happen when when the election transpired. And there was a very kind of like interesting shift for me from the initial reaction, which is like, what's the point to any of this <laughs> to to it being very much a something that like I could throw myself into and invest in largely just like as like a lot of pent-up energy that I didn't want to just like 
go towards me sitting in my room being angry and like whatever you know and and so maybe some of that leaked out in other places but it was very like I don't know it was I mean everything felt saturated in that for sure for me I remember feeling that way um not that there was like a a a one-to-one connection in the film choices necessarily but just that that was that atmosphere was tangible yeah The happiest days uh, of my life. Now? <laughs> I think that's in Texas, right? That sounds yeah, like a yeah. dove. Like, oh, that could be a dove. That's oh, yeah, the cooing. Yeah, there's lots of So multi-talented talent. <laughs> can identify bird calls. <laughs> that could, yeah. That's I have that a... That and owls are nocturnal, so. Yeah. Yeah, they don't make a lot of noise. We actually have owls outside, and they don't make a lot no. of noise right now. Yeah. 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 Um, not that anybody asked we did we did in uh, our own way (laughs) no no i'm i'm saying i'm i'm north i'm I'm not even in new york city at at this point oh really yeah where are you i'm in the hudson valley Ooh, lucky you you and everyone miles away yeah from new york city what kind of birds you got up there what kind of what red-winged blackbirds (laughs) (laughs) i'll open the window you can tell me all the red tail hawks (laughs) there are hawks i mean it's unbelievable okay here's the thing and i'm going to send you guys a a proof of this there's an emu that lives around the corner oh nice or or an emu depending on how you pronounce it and uh i've been visiting it it's it's been penned in with these geese and pigs and a miniature horse and goats in this farm in this pen and I, I go on the walks and I passed, I passed it and I would start to bond with it through the fence. Mm-hmm. And I'm always looking to see if the, uh, old, you know, the, the, the farmer is around and he hasn't been until this morning. So this morning I went up to him and, um, and he pulled out his gun. No, he didn't. <laughs> you know, I, I started talking to him and I, and he goes, yeah, yeah. And we start bonding. And, you know, he supplies food down to the city, to restaurants. And I mean, that's, it's, this economy here is also very tied to New York City. But anyway, so uh, he goes, at, I'm going up to the fence. He goes, hey, you want to come in the pen? I so don't know if you've seen, I was petting the, I mean, it's unbelievable. This, uh, was it on the ground? It Did does it do down? that. It does sit down. It, it will, it like, but first of all, until the second to last time when I was visiting it, I, I did for the first time I, I knelt down and then it knelt down afterwards and I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, this bird's really trying to communicate oh. something. So, but it does. And it, and also he, he was like scrap, you know, like really heading yeah. it, like kind of really massaging it. And I, and he, I, mean, I was doing it at one point I made this deep rumbling sound. I'm like, wow, this is just a prehistoric bird. And you look at the talons on these things and they, they're they're really dramatic i mean you gotta see this to believe it so, so I, I, was, I kind of forget they're birds sometimes actually they, yeah they have nothing in common mm-hmm. with any other kind of bird they they're they're like an animal almost i mean did he, did he or she have a name well it's funny because i was projecting on it that it was a female so yeah. i had been calling it rhoda just because i just thought that was a good name for the bird turns yeah. out it's a male bird it's male mm-hmm. But its name is Mother. Okay. Wow. And the You're reason- something. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But the reason <laughs> they call it Mother is because it's protecting the, the geese and the goose eggs mm. 
it the male protects the eggs in, in within this species. So the, the female typically gives birth and then can't be bothered, goes off and does its thing. But the male ends up protecting the eggs and, and making sure they get hatched successfully and safely. Cool. And, and it was doing that with the geese. So yeah. there was like foxes. There was a fox yeah. that got in and it killed it. it and a, any raccoon. Oh, wow. Wait, the emu killed the fox? Yes. Oh, wow. easily. Easily. Just like stopped it. <laughs> I, I wasn't there. <laughs> you didn't. But I wish I had. That must be it, though, right? What? Yeah, it's got. It stomps it. Or he just goes like. Or it you just peck it to just, death. It could probably just swipe at it and destroy it. I mean, you. Can, I'm going to send you some pictures. Wait, did <laughs> the emu have a long neck? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Right. What's does, that? Right. Doesn't yeah. an emu have a long neck? Not maybe as long as an ostrich, but it, like a little bit long. It's probably about the same, but it, it, it has a habit of like turning it like to the side and then sometimes like hiding it a little bit of the beak or something. It, it has these interesting, I, I have, I've taken, you know, a few photos and videos, of course, because I've just been. <laughs> a few thousand photos and videos, perhaps. <laughs> I, have a, I have a website dedicated. <laughs> But no, it's such a, it's so, because, I mean, you, this is the beauty of living, uh, just of, of here, or of life. I was going to say period, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing why I felt like, I, I, I just felt after, and I'm sorry, I'm rambling, but I, I, I feel like. Are kidding? I love this so yeah, much. After Please. decades of being in New York City, because it really was other than going to festivals or little vacations, but I, I, I feel like I'm just also now really connected to yeah life on a different level being in the being out here you know i joined the tenants union in ridgewood and that got me like fully invested in my neighborhood for the first time i wish i had done it as soon as i moved here but i think you know when you're sort of a transient like artist you you're used to like being in a neighborhood but like you're not really home that much even and sort of feel guilty about like being a gentrifier, but uh, it's been awesome. Like I volunteer with the community fridge all the time. I met all my neighbors. Um, it's wow. the best. This, did this uh, start before even the pandemic or did you find- I joined because of the pandemic, because of like, you know, mute, I wanted to be a part of like whatever mutual yeah. aid I could be a part of. Um, but now I, you know, now I march. That's awesome. That's cool. Thanks. You're welcome. Wait, Adam, you you moved. Period. Or do you well, still have a place in the city? It's tricky. It's a little tricky because um, my kid's mom is also an actor. Yes. And um, so she's been finishing work in L.A. That's why she she's but she's starting. They're moving to the East Coast for more for all because Jacob goes to school in my son goes to school in Brooklyn anyway. Mm-hmm. So he's been doing that remotely in LA and that's not been easy, but Oof. not for anybody. Anyway. Yeah. So he's going to finish his last year at high school in Brooklyn. So, and then she has already has a gig lined up doing pretty well lately. And so uh, they'll be here. So that just to answer your question that I plan to stay here, but my life brings me to New York city far more than it has this last year. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe your son's in high school. Oh, finishing high school next year. Wow, I know he's gonna be he just turned 17 recently. It's just mind boggling. Caleb, how old are yours now? I'm afraid Uh, to know. 
10, 8, and 6 is where we are. Um, 8 and 6, you said? Yeah, yeah. Um, 10. 10 is a lot of I know. Three children. Yeah. Well, and it was it was very like it, it it definitely marked the time passing of of like how long it it took to finish this film because like when Tally and Lindsay came down the first time like my youngest was like very much in diapers you know and like and she was kind like of two, right yeah um, and getting and getting time to kind of step away from that and into the film world was like just very overwhelming and now it's like she's grown up and did you move yeah. like did you have to use the airbnb could you use the airbnb like were you trying to use that while you were shoot, shooting where like was your family in there like switching no fortunately um my family my my wife and kids were were able to go visit with other family out of state oh okay to get to get uh yeah they didn't they didn't want to be here either for the shoot so that worked out okay is it it's not playing in any theaters like theaters. it is yeah oh it is oh fantastic okay i'm glad yeah. I asked. so so let me rephrase that then. Okay, uh, The Carnivores, directed by Caleb Johnson, is not only going to be in ver- uh, streaming uh, platforms as of Friday, the 5th of June. Yeah. Fourth. Fourth. You're yeah. doing great, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> let me rephrase then. The Carnivores, directed by Caleb Johnson, starring Lindsay Burge and Tally Medell, is uh, premiering, and Frank Mosley, is, 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 premiering Friday, the 4th of June, 2021, in select theaters and streaming. Uh, you can stream it on your, on demand. Whenever you want. On your pager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've done this before, only I haven't gotten that much better at it. And some of, no, I just enjoyed, finally, Tally, Lindsay came on like six years ago when I just started this Wow. Thing. For, remember what for, for for be a teacher Martinez. Oh, my oh. Gosh. No, it was be a teacher. Be a teacher. A teacher. I had a Dan, you know, for unspeakable act, but I didn't. You, I was asking to have you. I didn't. I didn't really care about Dan. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're gonna. Um, well, maybe they came back on for Ellis. For fourteen, uh, he came back for fourteen. Fourteen again, no show. So I'm glad you, I thought I was, I was never asked. I was never invited. I don't know. And we co-started. By you. And we co-started. Do you remember that? Who? What were you guys in? I was in the funeral. I mean, the sem- uh, funeral home uh, scene. That's right. You were in the, the back funeral of my home. head can be seen in the last second or two of the film. <laughs> of which film? Sorry. 14. Okay. Can't wait for that scene. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, my voice makes it into the beginning of Uncertain Terms also. Ah. Very cool. Because David is driving, never mind, I, I, enough self-promotion. I, wait, I, I, wait I, are you, do you just play promotion. this clip in its entirety? Do you edit this for, you so, don't edit? That's a very logical question, considering. That's a good question. I but should no. edit. I should edit. <laughs> I should edit. I don't and know. Then, if I will, then I, I'm not going to say then what I was oh. going to say. Oh well, no! no, 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 no you said that I will. Oh yes, of course I will edit it if you have, if you have something you want to say off the record. Yeah. Oh well. Um... Thank you, everybody. I, I feel like uh, I hope I haven't botched it too badly. Lindsay, you're amazing in the. <clears throat> oh, thanks. Copy. Um, I, I, tally I really enjoy whenever I have an opportunity. Thirst Street. I, 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 Caleb, I know you didn't direct that. It's true. 
but it's such an outstanding film. Thanks. You know, and um, you guys have collectively made so many fantastic films together. So I'm, it was such a great uh, opportunity to bring you all on. Thank yeah, I'm so, I'm so glad you asked us. Thank you. Oh, a- anytime. Seriously, anytime. Let's just do it again. And um, goodbye. And all right. <laughs> I'll see everybody at a festival or in New York. We'll, we'll in real life. IRL, yes. Will you send? Will you email us a picture or two of um, mother? Mother, yeah, yes. I oh, should. Yeah. Really, I'll, I'll do. I'm going to do it. I'll put them on Facebook or Instagram. I'll, I'll put I'll like a bunch Facebook of them. <laughs> I don't know. I'm old. Yeah, Facebook's I, a little hard. It's <laughs> a good old fashioned email. Maybe you could it, when you edit this hey. video, you could just put mother. You As know, a thumbnail. Yeah. I can share the desktop right now. You could just, no. <laughs> can you put them over each of our faces? We'll show you one thing. <laughs> just because, um, just because, I will uh, show you this. Okay. Oh, I can't wait. Wait a minute. Now, <gasps> wait, hold on. Your name is Mother. Oh, wow. Mother punches just like me. <laughs> it looks like a Muppet. I know. So, I've been mistaken thinking that Emu is female. But in fact, this is Mother. And there's a long story why this male Emu is called Mother. To be continued. I know why. Yes, you do. Egg protection. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put that, I should put that actually just at the end of this. Cause, but this is the farmer. That's the last thing I'll, I'll, I'll uh, bother you with. But I was in the oh, thing, as I said, and he was scratching and massaging the Emu. And then he, I, I, I was there a little nervous because I didn't know, you know, I felt like he, the, he knew me well enough, but I wasn't sure. Cause you know, you'd look at the beak in this thing and you know, it could just like, yeah, they're know, lizards. Really fuck you up. Lots. Yeah. But, well, no. not yet. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, congratulations to y'all Friday, big day. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> This is really fun. Um, yeah, Caleb, congratulations. I'm so psyched that you got distribution after the, the letdown of South by. I know I told you that yesterday, but it's a, yeah. Yeah. yeah, thank you. It's so nice to see you, uh, Tally and Lindsay. It's been a while since I've seen your faces live. <clears throat> it's nice to see you guys too. That's a nice byproduct of doing this is I can do that for you guys. It's nice. Thank you. I know. Yeah. Lindsay, when are you back? Um, you know, TBD. <laughs> I thought Saturday, but things just keep changing. <laughs> well, keep me posted. I'd love to see you back in Brooklyn. I know, me too. Uh, have a stroll. My girl. There she is. Okay. Well. Bye-bye, everybody. Be Bye. best, as Melania <laughs> taught us. Be best. Bye, guys. <laughs> see ya. Bye. 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 I bet meat is your problem. Either you're eating a body or your body's waiting to be eaten. Go get the ball. Fight or flight. Consume your adversaries. Harvey's gone. I tried that when my cat got lost and it didn't really work.
I found the cat, but it was weeks later and it had died. Not the desired result. Hi, I'm calling to report a suspicious vehicle. What are you doing? I'm trying to find my dog. You aren't helping me. Thank you, everybody. Don't forget the Patreon. We, uh... Uh, appreciate your considering coming on as a Patreon subscriber or an, as a patron, and you'll be doing uh, an enormous kindness. And uh, you could also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, I think Sp- uh, Stitcher. I'm not sure what other podcast apps give you that opportunity, but again, a huge help for podcasters like myself. Thank you so much. Take care of yourselves and the ones you love. We'll be back soon. Just a kiss, just a kiss I have lived just for this I can't explain why I've become a Just a smile